Hey guys, welcome to Wax Half Full, a podcast that started as a Discord joke but has been spoken into reality somehow. I'm Wax. I'm a extremely online person who's recording out of New York. My co-host today is Ads. Ads, could you uh, could you tell us about yourself besides the fact you're Australian? I actually don't know anything about you besides that. Uh, yes, I am Australian. That is true. Uh, I live in Sydney. So what are we like? Almost twenty four hours apart. That's cool. Yeah. Um, no, no, twenty four hours. No, no, that makes no, no sense. Time. If you were, were like twenty four hours, hours apart. If you're if you're 24 hours apart, you'd be living like in the same time zone as me. Yeah, I said almost. Duh, international dateline exists and whatnot. All right, whatever. Yeah, I um, just finished university. I'm gonna be a teacher, either in Australia or Japan. That's pretty much me. I didn't know you lived in Sydney. I thought you were like you lived in like the backwater somewhere because you make your life sound so miserable. It's because life is miserable regardless of where you live in Australia. Isn't like Sydney the nicest place to live in Australia or something? No, I'd say Melbourne's. I've been to Melbourne a few times. I've been to Brisbane. The rest of it must be backwater since I've never been there. Uh, oh, wait. Wait, so like... Uh, oh, so right. Melbourne is like the uh, cultural center where all the young people live and they like have uh, avocado toast. And Sydney is like the soulless place where like all the bankers live. Is that, is that how it goes? Uh, Australia doesn't get split up like I guess the US does. There's hipsters in both. Both have their own hipster areas. I think Melbourne's more infamous for the hipsters i'd guess they have better food and better shops so right. i don't think but it's you're not... that it's not like a new york kind of thing all right so you're not like out of place in sydney no I'm like right. pretty much in the center of sydney all right anyway so the point of this podcast i guess was to just talk uh talk about things that pop up in the discord and just ramble because some people find this entertaining or some people thought this would be entertaining. I disagree, but people sort of talk this into existence, so we'll have at it. I guess we'll start with the uh, the first topic is Ads is our uh, resident weeb. I mean, there's a lot of weebs on the server, but he is... Would you say you're the weebiest of the weebs? Uh, I'd say nowadays, probably, yeah. The rest of the weebs have uh, lost, their, lost their way. That's... That's true. Some people age out of it, and you seem to have gotten more into it. I've aged into it, actually. When I was a kid, I never used to watch, like, anime. Or even, like, high school. Other than, like, obviously, like, Dragon Ball Z, Pokemon, whatever, like, that stuff. But that's not weeb shit. Like, you can't count that as weeb. Like, every, every almost everyone has at least seen Dragon Ball Z or knows it. Yeah. It's like, once you get into the uh, rom-coms, that's when you're in dangerous territory, such as Oregairu, which I finished last night. And, you know... <laughs> My keyboard may be water damaged. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, I feel at the point where there's politicians who are doing the Naruto run and getting elected, it's, uh, at, yeah, at, that stuff is mainstream. If you, the bar has gone up. I feel like when I was, I'm the resident boomer here, when I was a kid, just like watching any kind of anime made you weep, and now it's just like, it's just normal shit. I think there are things that are normal shit, and then there there is like levels. You can go deeper into it. Where even the weebs will look at you like, you know, really? You watching that? But that's in everything, you know? Like, if you were a sports fan and you were a certain sport, which isn't... There are mainstream sports and there's non-mainstream sports. And then the the mainstream sports fans will look at you like, really? You watch that over XYZ that I'm watching, you know? So it exists in every subculture, whatever you want to call it. Right. I mean, I think your your claim to being a ridiculous uh, Japanophile is that you really want to move to Japan, and that's not not many people want to go that distance. So that brings us to our first topic. So to, I guess today's episode is going to be we read Sora News twenty four and uh, <laughs> summarize the news for you. Now this topic is kind of misleading. So here's the headline: Tokyo is the best city in the world to live in. Study says, and it's uh, this is. Published by New York-based publication Global Finance. I've never heard this before, so this might just be a thing where you know an aggregator site takes anything written by any kind of uh, you know media publication and just puts it out there for headline. But yeah, cities were judged on eight metrics: economic strength, research and development, cultural interaction, livability, environment, accessibility, GDP per capita, uh, and COVID-19 deaths per million people in the country. 
So basically everything there is like insanely vague except uh, the last two categories, GDP per capita. So basically if you're a rich city, then they just said that's good, which is, I find that to be a problematic metric, but whatever, we can pass on that. The COVID thing, I don't know. I, I guess uh, this is the 2020 rankings, so I can understand why you put that in there. You know, reducing your chance of dying, good, good, good reason for a city to be uh, the most livable. But yeah, like why? Do, so, Have you been to Tokyo? Yeah, yeah. Well, let, let me ask. Uh, so you, I know you want to like you want to go to Japan because you're like just enamored with the culture. But uh, is Tokyo your first choice? Like, or no, do I, I don't like else? Tokyo. I don't actually like Tokyo that much. Like, it's it's cool. Explain? Like, if I was to recommend, like, if someone was going to Japan for the first time. You have to go to Tokyo. I can't say don't go to Tokyo. But in terms of actually living there, I don't think I'd ever like living there. It's like a, it's like Sydney, but on like steroids kind of thing. It's like everything I hate about Sydney times a million. Like what's what's the population of the Tokyo metropolitan? It's like 25, 26 million people. That's the yeah. whole of Australia. That's literally the whole of Australia in a city. Like I think a city of like, what, 5 million people is too much. So yeah, like Tokyo... For me, anyways, isn't the kind of living that I want, but that's because I've lived in a city my whole life, and I think if I didn't live in a city my whole life, maybe my opinion would be different. So I don't know about that, but yeah, I, these are like these are pretty common, and I assume like more than one c- company does this. I don't know if Global Finance is the uh, mm-hmm. the most reputable source on this stuff, but never heard of it. Literally, never, never heard, heard of it. it. All right, mm-hmm. so like you see, every city or every country will do their like, you know, they're like. 24-hour news cycle oh look someone has put sydney in the top 10 let's write about it kind of thing and it's like eh, who's who's writing this like are people who live only in sydney their entire life what the fuck do they know about <laughs> the best cities in the world kind of thing i mean the metrics they put out there are pretty it makes sense because their metrics are sort of for city dwellers it's like like i said it has like literally gdp per capita if it's like a rich city like they already get points if i did study so that's why i'm sort of like skeptical about it but I was more interested about your thoughts. So, like, do you want to live in, like, mountain village Japan? Like, farm uh, Japan? Like, I would, what, what I would be cool. I would be cool living, like, rurally. Like, it's it's something I've always, like... I've never lived rurally for an extended period of time. But my family does come from, like, a rural background. Yeah. But it's, it's, not, it's not something... Uh, it's something I would aspire to doing. At least trying. Maybe not, like, the entirety of my life. But it's something I do aspire to doing. You know, if internet in Australia was better, I would probably moved out <laughs> to rural areas already by now, like that kind of thing. Because I know as a teacher, you get your whole um, university, um, you know, the, the, the money that you have to pay to the university, which can go on a, on a debt recurrent. It's called HEX in Australia. And you get that paid off, basically, if you live for four years and teach rurally. Mm. Okay. So that's something I could do in Australia as well. So yeah, it's not right. something... Tokyo, I've never been a fan of. What about you? Did you, did you like Tokyo when you went there? Uh, well, yeah, because like I'm, I'm like a city boy, born and raised, and like I, I really, I've only lived in uh, New York City and Seoul my entire life, and I found like uh, Tokyo to be very familiar, and I was like, oh man, yeah, this is yeah. like, I, I thought it was basically, yeah, if, if I had to live go anywhere in Japan, it would be the biggest city. That's just like my personal preference because my upbringing. But wait, wait, but I, just to clarify for you, I was thinking, uh. So, so you like the rural lifestyle because like you lived it or is it some sort of like romance that comes from like the media you consumed and other stuff? Because it's because it, you're living in Sydney right now and it seems like you've been living in like a urban lifestyle yeah, for, a li- lot, for a long time. lived in Sydney my entire life. Like, yeah, so like, where, does the, like where does the romance kind of, for that come from anyway? Look, the English teacher within me will say it's the like romantic Robert Frost kind of like analysis kind of thing. But I've always like loved that kind of idea of living by the, the the means you know your own means kind of thing mm-hmm. like you know making it i i have a garden i you know i use my garden and whatnot and i, I make things but obviously it's not like i can live off it's extremely difficult to live off everything produced by you but i've always aspired to like get as close as i can to that kind of living and mm-hmm. it's kind of hard in the city to do something like that and yeah i've always like liked the aspect of living rurally and living in a way where you control the vast majority of the produce that you consume, kind of thing. I don't know, that's that always yeah. something I aspire yeah. to, kind of like, uh, you know, hippie kind of aspiration or whatnot. So, so ideally, you'd be like a Japanese farmer, basically. 
Japanese farmer or even in Australia, I'd be fine farming in Australia. Yeah, right. I'd farm in Australia. All right. Well, I, I guess this goes to like, like, like why, why do you want to, why are you so obsessed with Japanese culture? I feel like that's uh, sort of. Mm, I think uh, I was writing about this because I'm doing my application right now for the Jet program. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah. I think because I feel like yeah, they must they must get like so many fucking like applications that are like the same variation of the you know the same theme. You know, it's like yeah. But at how the same time, like, at the, also like I don't know how uh, they perceive it from their end because you know I feel like when we're in the from the West. We we find like uh, when you exoticize someone's culture, yeah, we find yeah. that to be like tacky. But but, this, but like my experience living in Korea has been like they love the it. Pers- well, I don't want to say they, they love it, but it's like yeah, yeah. There's there's no like natural gut reaction called oh you're a fucking weeb. Like, they're not gonna mock you. Like oh thanks thanks uh, you like our culture. That's that's a, that's yeah. nice at least. It's like it's it's like uh, that minorly you know positive. They... Yeah, minorly positive. I would say. Yeah, well, it's it's leaning more towards positivity, whereas in the West it's leaning more towards negativity, if not right. extreme harsh negativity, right. like those um pictures of white people wearing cultural clothes from That's from power, anywhere yeah. in Asia, yeah, and like you go to Asia and you ask them what do they think of this, and like oh that's cool, and then you ask you know people who who are Asian or are you know a different culture who live in the West, they'll have different opinions on that, but yeah, okay, so- I think. Yeah, so I won't judge you. Is is it just purely like this is different? I like this thing because it's different. We we, mm. we can call it, negatively. We can call it exoticism. Positively, we can call it like curiosity, cultural yeah, curiosity. You, what is it? You can't you can't ignore the exoticism aspect of it. I'm not going to ignore it kind of thing. I'm not going to like shun it, pretend it doesn't exist. That kind of does exist. But I think my basis came from when I was in high school. I was really into um, samurai philosophy and Budo Shinshu, which is a book. It's mm. like a little, it's like a, it's, I, I don't know if I'll call it a book because it's not very long, but it's like, like a couple of um, chapters based on, you know, post, uh, post-warring nation, uh, post-warring era um, Japan and essentially written like how a samurai should hold themselves outside of war. And that kind of like you, pushed. Ca- calling you, calling you a warring nation instead of Sengoku, like a, like a good, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like a good weep shit. Never mind. Sorry. That's it. Aside. Yeah, uh, like I didn't want to give a name that no one would know. Like, you know what I mean? I think people no, would be more familiar I mean, with it. I mean, like, I mean, our, our uh, come on, our, our listener base is literally the channel. Do you think they don't know single is? Okay. Yeah, all right. fair enough. Uh, yeah, so like that kind of thing was something that really pushed me when I was like in high, late high school. That's what started it off because I didn't watch anime in high school. I just started watching that probably in like university or whatever, and I've watched a shit ton since then i think that started it and then my connection to japanese music as well with um stuff like late early city pop stuff and then nowadays just a lot of different stuff as well i think those are the two big ones what's what's city pop city pop's hard to define it's like an 80s music that re uh recaptures western 70s music basically but like put, puts a Japanese twist on it and the big guys are like Haruo Mihasono and that, those kind of people and Yellow Magic Orchestra and then everything that uh, follows after that. Uh, but okay. um, it's like recapturing the, you know, the mysticism that the West took from Asia kind of thing. That was Hosono's big um, shtick anyways. That's interesting. For his I, stuff. I've, but, I've, actually, yeah. I've actually never heard of that. That's, that sounds like a pretty fucking like interesting genre. Like, like my experience with Japanese music is mostly like '90s uh, stuff that got filtered into South Korea, like uh, it's, you know early, early J-pop, basically. Yeah, early J-pop. Shibuya K like basically uh, comes from city pop. City pop's like the pre, pre, like the predecessors for that kind of stuff. But yeah, that's one of my big like likes. I do like music a lot. Yeah, I spend half you, my you day listening to music. You don't care for visual K at all. That that's my like big connection point to like Japanese music. Not really, no. Ah, okay, that's like. I'm I'm more into like the early electronic because if you think of if you're into like music, you know, like a lot of the electronic tools come from Japan. Yeah. So oh, they so yeah, yeah, like okay. almost all the early electronic tools were Japanese, like manufactured that kind of thing. So even though the West popularized it, you got like you know Pet Shop Boys kind of stuff, taking on like synthesizers and whatnot. Even Maca- I was watching. Uh, 
Paul McCartney. I was listening to Paul McCartney's McCartney too, and his um song. What was it called? Uh, Temporary Secretary. Mm. I don't, have you ever heard that one? No, no. It's like super. Like you listen to it and you're like, damn, this came in the early '80s. But yeah, it's like very synthesizer heavy, sample heavy, that kind of looping stuff. And that stuff like originates in Japan and then gets popularized in America. And Hosono is kind of like the the prede- the predecessor that everyone links to. So that kind yeah. of thing. I feel like you're really flexing your music snob cred here, like by yeah, I am. <laughs> like, like, like post Beatles, Paul McCartney. Like who who the fuck listens to that except like, dude? That's disrespectful. That's disrespectful. I, yeah, I only know uh, "Live and Let Die." That like that's yeah. the only one I know. That's like, and that's because it was part of like a major motion picture. But so I, I feel like we didn't really talk about. So we talked about why you got into uh, like Japanese culture. Like, so what about it like made you so interested in it? So. Like, what made it so intriguing and made you want to like go live in a different country like what aspects of it and i know this is hard to articulate but uh if you could just try to like sum it up i think i've always wanted to move out of australia just to experience like i don't expect myself like there's no expectation of me to go to japan next year or whatever right. whenever i like, if i do end up going next year and live right, there right. forever kind of thing no but that's like, not yeah, the expectation but... No, but like wanting to go somewhere else, wanting to go anywhere else outside your hometown, that's like normal. That's very like universal. But like, yeah. why did you pick this location that you want to go to? Um, there's no particular reason. I've always had like a short list of countries that I've been interested in. But yeah, like Japan was the first country I went to. I visited outside of Australia. So that was my first holiday after mm. high school, like a year into uni or whatever. So I think that influenced it. I've never experienced anything else, kind of thing, other than Australian culture. And then, you know, I've been exposed to other cultures, obviously, through media and whatnot. But yeah, Japan's the only other culture I've personally experienced. Right, but like, like what about the country do you like? Like, you know, like, at the risk of like you having to sound like, you know, the, uh, like, like the tacky foreigner. Like, dude, just tell me, like, what, what, what do you like about it? Dude, you know what the first thing I, I realized? The first thing, like the first... Like within like thirty minutes of coming off the plane, and something that really annoys me about Sydney is people walk fast. It's so stupid, but people walk fast, and it gives me such pleasure that I don't have to have idiot people walk slowly and block mm. the path, walking three in a line. That never happens. Maybe obviously it does. Like it has to happen, but, yeah, but within thirty minutes, I noticed like people don't do that. Yo, I guarantee you that's a city thing. If you go to like the countryside, it's not gonna be a thing. That's like I guarantee you. That's a city. I've I've been in the countryside. Like I've huh. my second trip, I went, like mm. I did a bit of um cycling, mm. in the Hiroshima pre- prefecture. So I did do a bit of it, but yeah, not not as far as much as like Osaka, and Tokyo. Oh, look at you bringing out like the pron- the pronunciation. Although like uh like I don't know why like you use Japanese pronunciation for uh, Hiroshima and uh, Osaka, and then for Tokyo you went to- like full English. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Tokyo, Tokyo, whatever. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, but, so, but like besides that, they just keep going. Like, what, like, what do you like about the country? Uh, I like the fact that um, you know, it's, it's funny that a lot of the like I, I was considering this. A lot of the cultural aspects of it, like the actual like deeply ingrained cultural aspects, like you know, being polite in the face of dishonest, like almost dishonest kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That stuff like kind of goes against my whole like ethos i guess but it's something that i guess i can overlook for the sake of other things like just being in a, in a different country and va- i want to experience something outside of being like in a bubble kind of thing and that's what i feel like i've been in my entire life mm. and japan just happened to be the first place i guess i went to mm. and i was like all right sounds good it's, it seems not impossibly bad but yeah so that was the first thing if i had to live in tokyo though i feel like i would hate it actually mm. I, I feel like i would hate it if i had to live in tokyo Wait, what other countries have you been to? I gotta ask. Lebanon, that's it. <laughs> oh, okay. So, all right. So this might be just a, be a case of like, hey, I fucking hate my home, and I love the only place I've been to. Wait, so wait, did you like Lebanon? When's the last time you've been there? I, I guess I should ask that. Like six years ago, something like that. Well, would have been last year of high school. Beirut. No, I live. I live. Like I said, my parents are from like rural areas in Lebanon. Okay. So, so, so very, so not- very poor. Uh, purely like farming based you know like chickens cows the whole lot you know so how's Lebanon it's people are nice but uh, the country itself is obviously problematic in the sense of like 
economics and whatnot. You you can't live there essentially. There's All no right, like so, future kind of thing. All right, knowing that your parents like aren't listening to this, like like why do you have like such like a affinity for Japan and not Lebanon, given that these are the two choices you have of places that are not your hometown? Um. I don't know. I feel like with Lebanon, because I speak the language already, and I, I there is an expectation in Lebanon which doesn't doesn't exist in Japan. I'd say, hmm. like if if I was to move to Lebanon, there there is that which obviously exists in Japan, but at the very least, I can ignore it uh, out of the pure cultural difference. I'm directly connected to Lebanese culture, kind of thing, and I've never found that affinity to Lebanese culture in the same way as Japanese culture. I'd say there's nothing that connects me, kind of thing, other than family. And like the general sense of, oh, it's in your blood, kind of thing, you know. Yeah, but like, like, so like, what are the aspects that, of, of like the culture that make you not like it as much? Like, can you like? Lebanese people this? are inherently loud, extremely loud, obnoxiously oh. so. They are don't have much of a filter, which I I, I don't have much of a filter as well, but yeah. I don't like that about myself. So oh. <laughs> it makes sense to dislike it. I mean that's more that's more of your Australian I would feel. Mm, it, it's similar between Australians and Lebanese people. I don't know have you like have you met many Lebanese people like day to day? I haven't been to Lebanon. I've been I've been to Australia though. No no no. As in Lebanese people like no, don't, don't have to be in Lebanon. No, I don't know. Yeah, like we're known as obnoxiously loud, you know, very arrogant I'd say, and somewhat offensive kind of thing. Hmm. That we don't have a good like a. Uh, there is a certain stigma attached to Lebanese people in Australia, I'd say, for mm-hmm. sure. So, I don't know. I, I still, I still don't really understand like your the core of your affinity for like wanting to like, go to Japan. It it really seems like hey, this is like, you make it seem like hey, this is my first love in terms of like going outside of my hometown. But I'm not really sure like what. It could have been, the way you, the way you say it. It could have been any other country. Like it could. It could. Been, it could I agree. It could have could have been any other country. Oh, oh so you're saying you you're admitting it's not like yeah, unique no. to the country. So, I don't think it's that unique to Japan. Hmm. Hmm. I I don't think any country deserves that uniqueness attached to it kind of thing. But you but knowing that you've gone all in on this, like you've like studied the language and like you're trying to like you you're trying to like. Do all, all these uh what, what's the program the uh JTE uh, GET JET Jet program yeah 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 so it it seems like such well you know it seems like a kind of flimsy premise on which to base all this on like don't you feel that way a little bit yeah but then again probably maybe that's all, but maybe that's how, maybe that's how life is you know we we make big decisions based on flimsy premises yeah I don't, I don't think I think if you like analyze decisions in life as much as you want to, you're eventually going to get to the point where I don't, I shouldn't do this because there's too many unknowns kind of thing. That's what I don't want to be. That's why I went my second time going to Japan. I went solo first time ever going solo. And I just went, you know, whatever, whatever the fuck I wanted to do. I I just did, you know, I wake up one day, I want to go here. I went there. Whereas with my first time I was with friends and I'm the guy who's like expected to plan everything out. All right, here's where we're going. That's that causes pressure. I think I didn't like that about travel. I'm definitely a solo traveler nowadays. That's my aspiration anyways. Man. So going through the first half of the podcast, I definitely feel like I reverted to my interviewer mode so much because that's my uh, ostensibly part of my day job, I guess, when I'm like a uh, esports journalist. I don't know. You, you could call me that. And I, and I talk to people online a lot. So I feel like instead of doing a show, I did an interview show. I don't know. Maybe maybe that works. Maybe that's maybe that that'll work out because uh, I feel like we learned a lot about ads. Learn a lot about nothing. That's what we <laughs> basically. That's that was your conclusion. <laughs> no 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 no. It's it's all good. So do you like have how much like national identity do you have in Australia? Like do you feel like hey I'm Australian? Like is some, that something you feel pride about, or do you just feel like hey I just live here in this country? Mm, I think I've. S- I don't think national pride is at the same level as it is in America. At least that's how I feel through the media. Like the way people express national pride in Australia is a lot different. There is that kind of like quintessential, you know, food and, you know, the the Aussie flag and whatnot, you know, the Southern Cross. Just me, you though. Just you, just you. Like how do you perceive it personally? 
I think I would, you know, like since I have like both backgrounds, Australian and Lebanese, I'll definitely put Australian first. Like I'm definitely more Australian than I am Lebanese kind of thing. But yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd say like if you were to rate it one to ten, maybe a six on the Australian pride right. kind of thing. All right. So it's like someone asked you like, hey, where are you from? Uh, I'd say Australia for sure. Uh, exactly. Yeah, because like I, I feel like if uh, I'm obviously your accent gives it away, but if you're like if you were traveling abroad and someone looked at you, they'd be they'd be like, "Hey, where are you from?" And you'd have to give it, and you'd say Australia. Yeah, for sure. All right. So, uh, what, what do you think about your country's unique food culture? Because you live on a, I feel like it's so weird. Like looking See, at this it is... from, from abroad, it could because it's like kind of like Anglo English sphere, but it's not. Hmm. I don't know. I feel like our food isn't that odd, but it gets exoticized. Ooh, exoticized. Some. Oh, oh beyond no, that's, that's beyond how weird it is. Yeah. All right. All right. So the, the I, first I think... thing that I, the, okay, let, let me just bring up the thing that I think is most weird. It's like taking plain bread, putting butter on it, and putting spring sprinkles on it like what the fuck is that wait you guys don't do that no like no one does that literally no one does that in the world look see, see i was when i was reading this article i was like you know what i haven't had hundreds and thousands in like forever like i can't even remember the last time i had hundreds and thousands wait, that's what we call bread? It. uh fairy bread yeah but the actual like the 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 sprinkles those are hundreds and thousands yeah. okay i i kind of i, I kind of want to go to woolies and get some you, like, you you can't be so aggressively bored, like, like you, you can't like scroll and click so much. You're you're too aggressively bored. Who me? I click a lot when wow. I read. Like, do you ever highlight? Like, uh, some people find this weird when they watch me. Like, when my students watch me, I highlight what I'm reading and I, like double click a lot. You know, APM. You know, I keep my APM high when I'm reading. Like, I'll highlight the paragraph that I'm reading, unhighlight it, yeah. rehighlight it, all the while I'm reading it, just to keep myself active. I feel weird just yeah, reading without clicking. That's an ADD. That's like a ADD. Was it ADHD? Or ADD. Whatever. It's it, yeah. That's a tick. That's like a weird tick. Anyway. Right, so, but, yeah. But going back to it, yeah. So uh, yeah, like that. That dish is like uh, the fairy bread. That's like. I mean, I understand the ingredients. Like, and if I had it, I probably like it. But if someone just told me like, "Hey, this is something people eat," I'd be like, "What the fuck?" It's like, it's hot in Australia. Like in the summer, anyways, and it's like it's okay. so it's so refreshing to just have that kind of like feeling in your mouth after like a hot day of running around, you know. I think especially when you're the most of it. I, it's like one of those things I feel like you have more as a kid. It's like for kids. What? Like, like why? What? Like, what do you mean? Like, why does it's, that have to be any weather? Because it's like extreme. I associate it with like all right, it's summertime. We're on ho- school holidays. We're at a mate's house. You know, we're running around doing kid shit, and then. All right, you know, his mum calls us over. You know, we're about to have, you know, refreshing Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola, please sponsor us. Uh, and No, Coca-Cola makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. And with it, you need something. You can't just drink and not have something to eat. And all right, well, meat pies is going to be too hot. So let's have some fairy bread and, you know, chow down. And then go back to running around. But like I said, it's like a kid thing. I, I, I think so. Maybe more adults still use it, but it's like a kid thing. And then you stop having it and then... When you become a parent, you're like, ah, now I have an excuse to make fairy bread again. And you make it again. Can I ask you, like, how often was it margarine and not butter? I never made it, so I wouldn't know. Like, I don't think I've ever made it myself. For, actually, maybe once when I was, like, a teenager. Could you tell, I mean, could you tell the difference between margarine and butter? Can I? Could you, no, if, if someone made no, fairy could, bread. As a kid, probably not. But. Yeah. Actually, you know what? As a kid, I was very picky. Like, if my mom used the, the different pasta sauce, I could immediately tell. Like, the difference between pasta sauces, I could so easily tell between the standard, the one my mom always used to use, and the one that she just found because the other one was sold out. So I probably could tell. Wait, okay. That, make, that, make, that makes sense. So, so, the, so the other Australian, one Australian thing that I'm very, very, like, approving of is the chicken parm, which which is like, what, what, do you, what do you call it? A parmi. A parmi, right. It, it, the 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 language differs based on area. So different people are gonna call it a palm, a palmy, a palma. So see, see, that's one of the things where, like, so uh, from what I can tell, that's not a thing in Australia, in uh, Italy. I think 
or in that form where it's like you literally just like like a pounded out chicken cutlet with like uh tomato sauce and, and uh some like cheap mozz it's not even mozz it's just like whatever cheese on top and yeah. that's like like you know like, when i learned that that was like a common pub food in australia i was so happy because i i love that that's that's such like a northeastern thing i feel like that's what connects us to be honest, a, like that's a, that's a, that's the thing that connects me and you the most. The fact that like, we both in, like love chicken parms. It is the quintessential pub food, I'd say. Yeah, exactly. Like, and I, I, I and you, you guys don't have like a like northeast diners. Like, like the northeast diner is like a very American yeah, institution. Yeah, that is yeah. But it's still like a connection that exists across like uh, ten thousand kilometers or whatever the hell. Yeah, I'd say so. It's it's something that is. So wait, do chicken parmies exist in America? Yeah, well, no, they're called chicken parms, but what? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, it's but, like, but they're uh, the same thing. They're the same thing. Well, so the here's the main difference. The main the, so the the main is the same. It's like a chicken like breast that's you pound it out with a hammer or whatever a meat thingy, and then you deep fry it and you top it with tomato sauce and some cheese. It's a melty stringy cheese. But the main thing mm-hmm. that I found is different was that. At least in New York, because like I, I'm like I'm very New York, and New York, America is like the culinary culture differs by region a lot. You serve it with uh, pasta. And, what we and, do with salad and chips. And chip, yeah, and chips and uh, uh, French fries, whatever. Yeah, and I was like, man, like they, they I, don't know, I don't, I don't, how do I feel about that. I feel like uh, chips, like uh, French fries, are, like too much, man. That's like, that's like a little going overboard because you're already deep frying the patty. It has so much fat in it already. See, now you're going into the whole uh, food connoisseur and snobbiness here. Look, we don't care about the balance of the food. We're already drunk. The balance of the food is irrelevant. If you're going to the pub, except if you're going at lunch, but even if you're going at lunch, you probably still yeah. are drunk, to be honest. You're mm-hmm. um, you don't care about the uh, the balance, you know, the, the fried to non-fried balance kind of thing. We're here to get a good meal, preferably cheap, mm-hmm. to wash down our alcohol and then you know start drinking again that's our main goal <laughs> to, to get to the level where we can drink again as quickly as possible fried food oh. is the best for that that's why you got kebabs and stuff like at like wait, wait, 1 a.m wait 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 this no this this is actually like, you brought up a good point so like what is the time at which you would have chicken parm literally time? anytime literally anytime there is no okay. if anyone tells you there's a time restriction on a chicken parm they're lying but it i guess you could say it's more of a lunch brunch kind of food well, that's what I mean, because like, cause for me, it's like it's something I would have like as a, it's not like a thing I would have when I'm going out for like a designated night of drinking. It's something I would have as like, hey, I just want this regardless of what I'm drinking. I just want it because this is like a good meal. I like this food. Like, it's it's different from like you know like like a, a kebab pizza or whatever the hell. Like, I would have this regardless of whether or not I was like having like like a five beers before that. Yeah. Is that the same? Like, so you would have this as like just a regular like dinner, right? Or no? Yeah, you could have it as a dinner easily. Yeah, sure. right, right. And that's why that's why I think like having fries with it is like having fries with it makes like like so explicitly a uh, like an unhealthy. I, you know, like I I like I'm hungover or yeah, I'm drinking like after this meal like. I don't know. I, I think the pasta is just—it's just like, it's a better balance. It's if you're having it as like a regular meal. I don't think so. I disagree. This is where okay. we disagree. I think the chips perfectly complement the chip, the chicken. It's, mm-hmm. it's perfect. Also, the chips are just—they're—they're they're beautiful. They're just beautiful. All right. So I'm, so I'm looking I, at the photo, and I'm just—I want hot chips now. All right. So I'm going to ask you, like, uh, so this is like in terms of like Australian national dishes, like, well, what's the ranking? Thing you would say because like I, I only consume this through in the form of like I, internet articles so if i went to like australia and said hey chicken parm hey good stuff right i think right. it's number one it's it's in the top three for sure chicken parm oh, then of, of of like pub food nas- or like national, national dishes foods? national what? foods really yeah. really yeah. i think so you'd have to ask other people for their opinion That's but like what else high. do we have like that's know. actually an Australian you tell, you tell meal. Me. You tell me. I'm I'm trying to think, but I'm I'm thinking. Like this was a question to myself. Like the other stuff that would be considered Australian, like meat pies and stuff, they're not meals. You know what I mean? They're like a, you know, hard yakka, you know, labor job. It's lunchtime. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Yeah, it's like, it's corner like, shop and yeah, it's like Tim Tams and all that shit. I don't know. That those aren't food though. You know what I mean? 
They're not like proper like di- dinner kind of thing. Yeah, I'd, I'd say it's up there for sure. I'm saying. So, so what else is up there? What 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 are the other like top three? So it's a chicken parmi. And, and it's not a sausage roll because apparently, according to you, a sausage roll is just a snack. So yeah, what are, in terms of like meals, what are the top three? Probably like a full English. The, the rest of the, the rest of the stuff is gonna be like things that don't that aren't Australian. I'm trying to think things that aren't but, actually Australian. Well, that's cool. You know, I mean, that, that's like interesting. I mean, at least it'll, it'll give us like an insight into Australian like, culture. Mm. See, I I don't eat a lot of Australian food, so I'm not like. I eat more nowadays. I eat more like Asian food. Not, no, 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 no. This is a podcast. You are like now like the ambassador. You are the spokesperson for everything. Every for Australia. Yeah, exactly. So this is why I'm a six and not a ten because half the food that Australia has, I don't really eat. Uh, I can't think of anything. I can't think of anything that beats the chicken parmi. Like that's something that's only Australians eat. Or maybe I I don't realize that only Australians eat this food. Well, people eat chicken parm everywhere, but no, no, it doesn't have to be like strictly Australian. Just, just say like you know, like what are like the top three like quintessential like, like dinners? Like a steak, mashed potato kind of thing. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, that's good. All right, that's that's fine. That's like normal in like America. But, but that's not. Like, yeah, like, that's what I'm trying to say. It's not like a American. It's not an Australian or anything. No, that's that's a valid answer. So that, we'll, we'll we'll put that there. That chicken parm. Yeah, spaghetti. Just, you know, well, regular wait, spaghetti. Wait, 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 what about fish and chips? Oh, fish and chips for sure. But that's, yeah, fish and chips, yeah, definitely. No, yeah, that's... I wasn't asking. Yeah, I wasn't asking for things that are like only in Australia. Because like, obviously, like chicken yeah, parm, I, is, yeah. it's, it's, it's like not, yeah, it's like Italian, ostensibly. I only fucking know where it's from originally, but. Yeah, fish and chips, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fish and chips. I try, yeah, yeah, like if you go to like a Australian food like shops, you're looking at fish and chips and then you're looking at like international stuff. Right. Fish and chips and then you got pub food. That's pretty much it. All right. We're going to make a abrupt transition to the, our next topic. Our last topic, I guess. Because what is our next topic? Long. Oh, it's going to be the, the Barack Obama tweet. Come on. Oh, okay. oh, oh, oh cool. yeah, great. That's the perfect one. So, the so promised another... land. Pl- a right. promised land. I didn't even notice this. A promised land playlist. That's the title of the playlist. Fucking hell. All right, so on November 16th, Barack Obama tweeted uh, a list of songs that were important in his life. I don't know if this was like tied to his... Uh, oh, no, yeah, it was tied to his like his uh, recent like, memoir book release. And he, he released like a, a list of songs that were important to him. And I looked at it, and I don't know what to say. It's, um, it's aggressively normal. Is that how yeah. we should describe it? I mean, all of them have been aggressively normal. Like he does this quite. Do, do any? Right. I was gonna ask this. Do any other presidents do stuff like this, or has it just been a Barack Obama thing? I mean, like um, internet's only been around, like Twitter, anyways. Was this like a thing where the you know the president gives the list of their favorite songs of the year, or whatever? Would he invent this? Because no, he's done it a few like, times. No, from like what I recall, yeah. This, this is just uh, this is just Obama. This, this is just okay. Yeah, but 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 at the same time, it makes sense because he's like the first president of this sort of like internet era who yeah social media era yeah who benefits from like putting this stuff out there. So my first question is that does did did Trump do this? No, I don't. I don't. I, I feel like no. no. Like, he, he he didn't because if he did, we would know because of of because of the uh, the jokes on the other side. Yeah, give, give, uh, that's give what I'm trying to say. Yeah, given given the three people on this podcast, like if if Trump had made us such a list, we would have seen the uh, the mocking social media posts like, all mm-hmm. over. So, so here's what. So my first question is. So, do you believe this is like his actual list, like for a boomer, because he is a boomer, like by his age? So, some of these he... are purely put there just because of the title slash themes kind of thing. Oh, so you don't believe? So you don't believe legitimate? You don't? You actually are going off the bat saying this is stuff that's been like put out there for image making purposes. Dude, the guy in his tweet said, "In honor of my book hitting shelves tomorrow, I put together this playlist featuring some memorable songs from my administration." Nah, bro, that's, that's this is image purposes for sure. All right, guaranteed. So, so here's my my major question. I feel like well, my major like. I don't want to say issue, but my my major my point of uh, 
functioning with this. Like most people who do this, they try really hard to put in like one like hipster option to make themselves seem like cool, right? Yeah. Like, no one goes this like straightforward, like mainstream. But he just he just went ahead. So I'm like, oh man, like, I was kind of shocked. Yeah. Uh, I, I think uh, that 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 Beatles song though he has history with that Beatles songs, so he put that yeah. there for sure. Like I remember, like obviously other than the no, title, like no, Michelle. No, no, no. I'm not saying these are like bad songs, but like I'm saying like you know like that Beatles Ethan, album is criminally under, underrated. By the way, I'm just gonna put that out there. But like, why didn't why didn't he throw in like four more songs that were like random? Yeah, like, not like even just four more songs. Make it make it even. Like you know what I mean? Like I I didn't like that whole like two. Perfect uh, columns and then one column, not even in line, just triggered, triggered me. So, so, no, that's the reason why like, I believe this is his actual taste. Because like, if you were constructing this purely cynically, then yeah, then yeah, you'd have been like, hey, can we just throw in like three more songs that are like kind of like out there, indie that will like give you more hipster cred? Like that, that's what you would have done if you were doing this cynically. But the fact that he went with this straight up, are the hipsters gonna buy his book? Are the hipsters going to buy his book? I don't think so. I think these are the people who listen no, to no, this no. kind of music are going to be the people who buy his book. No, but it's not about like buying the book. It's just about like building his yeah, image for like for future endeavors, right? It's mm-hmm. just like so. Like I'm just saying, if you were like a PR firm managing this thing, and you were, you'd be like, hey, can you throw like one or two songs from uh, like act singers groups that are like lesser known that make it seem like you're more hip or edgy than it seems. So yeah, I, the I fact that. the fact that it's so vanilla makes me believe that it's real, which is like kind of like un- maybe that was his plan all along to make it so vanilla you would go the other way. See, so so what. should I be concerned? Should I be concerned that like his tastes are like so vanilla, or should I just? He's done. Or is that he's done this a few times. He's done this a few times, and his taste hasn't changed okay. from the other ones that I've, I've. I don't remember every fucking song on the list, but it seems like right in line with his tastes from other other lists. Which, who knows, maybe the person who's writing these for him have stayed the same for the past 8 to 10 All years. Right. Alright, so, um, like, so I, this, this is a problem, because, like, uh, it's not a problem, but, like, hey, if a guy, if someone says, the only hip-hop acts I like are Eminem and Jay-Z, like, what, is that, what does that say about you? And, because, oh, I asked, I asked this to you, because you are also, not just a resident weeb, but randomly, both are resident weeb and are resident hip-hop, hip-hop experts. Yeah. So, what was the question? I zoned out for half a second. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I got okay. So, Dude, so my uni sent me an email. Yeah. So, if only like hip hop artists you list are Eminem and Jay Z, what does that say about your taste? Dude, no, no hip hop aficionado will ever tell you that Eminem listening to only Eminem and Jay Z discredits you. But also, this guy loved um J Cole and Kendrick. He he. He referenced them a lot in his other lists. I remember Jake Cole and Kendrick being on those lists. But they're, no, they're not the but they're, but they're like but they are, one, they're, but they're one they're, degree removed from like, yeah. you know. They're, like, the, they're like, the Eminem and Jay-Z of this era. Yes, ex- ex- exactly. Like, and so I guess it's in line. Like, like none, none of this is surprising. So would you say like none of this is surprising? It's just like, hey, yeah, like Barack Obama, his musical taste is like normie as shit. Why were the expectations for him to not be normie as shit? I don't know. Most people are normie as shit. That's why they're normies. <laughs> I don't know. Well, that, that, that's the dilemma because we thought the P- I guess that, that that is the dilemma. We th- we thought the PR firm would try to like put in some hipster options, but nope. His actual personality is just very very centrist. Yeah, that's his whole shtick, especially after becoming uh, not becoming president anymore. Alright, so, so so putting you on a spot, what what were the, what were the best albums of his uh, his era? Albums of his era. What's his era? Yes. Um, Are you talking about his presidency? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Dude, fuck. Okay. Uh, that's hard. Um, what would have came out? What was he from? 08 to sixteen. Yep. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh eight to sixteen. You've got uh, any genre. Any genre. Any genre. You Any genre. Right. Uh, you got a few good... I don't know if they're like just before his era or not. They're like... You got a few good Strokes albums, but I think they're before him. Like, they'll be like 05, 06 maybe. 
Mm. Um, you got... See, I will defend this album to the day I die, but some people will not defend this album. I still think, and it's controversial, the Eminem album... Um, what was it called? Now I'm zoning out. Eminem Show? Not, not the Eminem Show. Eminem Show is like 06. Uh, the one after that, the one he's on his return... It's like not consistently good, but his his rhyme is pretty good. Uh, it's the relapse, relapse. Oh, relapse. Okay. Especially relapse, reloaded. That has the better songs, I think. Mm-hmm. That one's pretty good. Uh, you got a few Kanye good songs, and then you got obviously Kendrick's Good Kid, Mad City. Oh damn! Wait, 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 wait. That's like the entire like span of like what some people would call Kanye's like peak, right? Like Obama. Yeah, you got um. Yeah, you got thing. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's like college dropout. It's like all of those. No, like, college dropouts before that. College dropouts 04. Is it? Oh, never mind. Yeah, yeah my bad. Sorry. Dropout, graduation. Um, there's another song. There's another album that comes in there. Uh, late registration. They're all before it. And then you got the new era of Kanye post his mother dying. Uh, 808s and Heartbreaks. And then you've got. Uh, why am I zoning out on his best album? My, I Twisted Dark Fantasy. My, yeah, my. Yeah, that's his best album. No, idiots can disagree, but they're idiots. So, yeah, yeah. I'd say that's Kanye's best album for sure. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think anyone disagrees. I feel like most people, or or most like uh, normie people, would say that. Oh, oh older Kanye fans still argue that graduate uh, that uh, college dropouts better. Yeah, Jesus walks, whatever. Whatever, really? <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> put him on the spot. I can't. I can't. I need a list. Yeah. Of the albums that came out that time. I was, I was trying to be a little bit controversial. But... I avoided the controversy. I'm a centrist just like Barack Obama. All right. No, so, so if you were writing your memoir, well, you know, I probably should give you like more like, like like lead up time on this one. Like, like during that era, give me like, uh, I won't ask you for like 20 albums, like he's 20 songs. G- give me like three songs, three great songs from, from the Barack Obama era that he did not pick. Obviously, In this list? But he no, didn't no, no, choose no. them from that era. Right, right. But I'm saying... No, but like... I'm changing the question around. So like, yeah. Obviously, he just he just picked random songs. But... Uh, I, I, want, I want to change it around. You know what? This, maybe this is too hard. Is, is, three, is three too hard? <laughs> it is not too hard, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kind of hard to put in the spot. Three songs from the Barack Obama era that you think were like... Just amazing and... Represent... And you know what? If you want to say, hey, they, they represent your life, then, then you can do that, too. They don't have to be, like, think, songs that you think were, like, the, the absolute best. I think an album that doesn't get enough credit that is insane, and the whole album's insane, but I'll pick a few songs off of it, obviously, is mm-hmm. Mural. Uh, sorry, not Mural. The song is Mural, but the album is Tetsuo and Youth by Lupe Fiasco, who fell off after his mm-hmm. two big album cycles. After his like original release, that that wasn't something that I think a lot of hip hop heads might not have listened to, but it's something that is definitely worth listening to front to back. And Mural's his, I wouldn't say his magnum opus because there are better songs in terms of lyrical power, prowess, but that's something that you know everyone as a hip hop head should listen to. Which can I do a transition? Sure. Transitions me to, and I'm just gonna end it here. Uh, album of the week because Lupe Fiasco himself is the person who put me onto this. And this guy is Aesop Rock. Have you ever heard of him? Probably no, not. I have. No, oh, I you have? have? Okay. okay. I've heard of it, but I can't say I know any of the songs. <laughs> yeah, that's what most people say. So Lupe Fiasco rates Aesop Rock and Aesop Rock and MF Doom as the only two rappers who are better than him. Hmm. Only two, which, you know, aren't the most popular choices. And Aesop Rock has a new album. And it is titled. It's a very long title, so I'm going to have to reread it. Wait, wait. Is this from Aesop Rocky? Or no, Aesop Rock. No, not Rocky. Oh, oh Aesop. Shit. Yeah, okay, like Aesop's oh, Fables. Wow. wow, it's like so different. Yeah, no, no. You, Spirit yeah. World Field Guide. God That's damn, the God album. Okay. It is an hour and three minutes, as classic as Aesop Rock can be. He is the most lyrically intricate rapper, possibly in history, but definitely of that's still currently producing music. He produced the entire album by himself, no features, no producers, produced, written, recorded, all by him. It's, an, again, an hour and three minutes, 21 songs, it's Aesop Rock. Like, if you came into an Aesop Rock album expecting a 30-minute 
12 track album i don't know what you were thinking and yeah it is something that even like it's obviously he's very punk oriented in his um in his production choices like a lot of electric guitar and whatnot in terms of his actual like beats but it's something that deserves a listening to not you know not just listening to it at, while you're doing something else it's something that does require you to listen actively listen you know actively engage in the music and something that i enjoy in hip-hop which is something i've disagreed with some people on this discord over especially manny who doesn't like that aspect of hip-hop which i consider the most important aspect of hip-hop is the actively listening part like how much how big are you into hip-hop i feel like not very Me? yeah Me? since you just oh. said i th- you just said thought i said asap rocky <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. sorry no yeah <laughs> No, no, no. I, I'm very much a boomer. Like, basically, like, I listened to, like, 90s gangster rap and I checked out. So, like, t- to me, in my mind, okay. it's like, you know, like, Maz Ilma, None of this exists. Best, best album ever. And, like, I, I and like that's fine because uh, I refuse to, not that I refuse to listen to anything new, but, like, you know, like, my mental bandwidth now that I'm an old man, it's yeah. just, like, it's... Yeah, this, this album requires a lot of mental bandwidth, I'm going to say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've like, three or four times. It's like Illmatic, Ready to Die, all like the like the early '90s stuff. That that's that's my uh, mental space. So wait, mm-hmm. wait. So 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 are rappers not uh like rapping about killing each other anymore, or no? They still are. Okay, still cool. Are. That's that's all I want. I want this to be like combative. I want it to be like uh, metaphorical. I want it to be. Well, sometimes it's not metaphorical. I guess it's sometimes it goes real life. Sad, but uh, yeah. There That's we pretty are. much it from me. And this is where, if this was like a well-produced podcast, we would have music that like, you know, trails off. And here we are. We could have Aesop Rock playing right now. Ah, oh, that would be amazing. You know what? You know what? I have heard of him and I have not listened to any of his songs because yeah, that's how it is. All right. <laughs> so some, some kind of production trail. I'll, I'll, I'll pull out my piano next week and play something. All right. Sounds good. All right. One See hour one hour podcast peace one hour yeah fuck peace damn we learned a lot about ads today yeah we did fucking hell let me talk too much mm. it's, it's all good <laughs>